CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes. It is the largest art heist in Canadian history, and even now, 50 years later, it remains unsolved. In the 1970s, thieves made off with priceless pieces, including a Rembrandt from the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts. Molly Thomas investigates how the heist was carried out and the odds of recovering the works of art. Every nook and corner of this building houses treasures from around the world. At 162 years old, this is the oldest art museum in Canada. But one night in 1972, the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts was broken into. Masterpieces snatched from the walls in the middle of the night. A crime that still remains a mystery. News of the heist took over the airwaves and made headlines around the globe. It was, and still is, Canada's largest art heist. It's a classic uh, Hollywood movie script scene. Stéphane Aquin has been the museum's director for two years now. From the museum's perspective, you have to deal with this, this public imagination of the heist as something glamorous. The reality of it is that it's a despicable crime. It has profoundly damaged um, the museum's reputation, but more so it has deprived Montrealers and the broader community of art lovers of works of art that they have not seen since. Labor Day weekend, 1972, was an exceptionally turbulent time in Montreal. Look, I don't think I ever remember a busier weekend news-wise. Bob Benedetti was a reporter for CTV News back in 1972. I mean, it started out on, on the, the Friday night with the fire at, at the, the Bluebird Cafe. A deliberately set fire ravaged a popular nightclub, killing 37 people. And then on Saturday night was game one of the Summit Series. Petra back to Mihailov, right in the clear. Oh, right in, it's score! What was supposed to be an easy win for Canada turned into a stunning loss, bringing the greatest hockey nation to its knees. Those distractions turned out to be the perfect opportunity for thieves to target the museum, recently under repair. What's always been interesting about this theft is that it was a very clever theft. Catherine Schofield is a Canadian writer who now lives just outside of Rome. She started digging into the Montreal art heist in 2009 and knows the details of this case like the back of her hand. It seems as if the thieves, and there were three thieves, had some prior knowledge of the goings on at the museum. They could have been observing the museum for quite some time. Like cats on the prowl, they snuck up in the dead of night to gain access to the museum. There was a tree 
that one of the thieves climbed up using um, picks on his shoes similar to a uh, telephone repair man. He goes up the tree, he gets into the roof, he finds a ladder that looks like a construction ladder. It was this ladder that was lowered down to his accomplices. Benedetti and his news crew found it the very next day exactly where the thieves left it. This cheap wooden ladder leaning on the back wall of the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts was the route to $2 million worth of art treasures. Who hasn't read a novel about a big art heist? You know, so this was <laughs> a chance to be part of a novel. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the first thing that struck me when we got the call that this had happened. Benedetti soon learned that the thieves' plan was sneaky, but genius. They took full advantage of a skylight under repair. It appears that there was a plastic tarp placed over the skylight for this repairs construction, and this is what deactivated the alarm. There was a very specific section of the skylight that was disarmed. If they had entered the skylight from another place, they maybe would have activated the alarm. out of a James Bond classic. The armed burglars rappelled down a row, landing on the second floor of the prestigious museum, completely undetected. I wouldn't even imagine doing such a thing, so these guys must be pretty good daredevils and very athletic and very coordinated and strong. And one of them is carrying a shotgun, a sawed-off shotgun. Inside the museum, there were three security guards. But the burglars fired a gunshot into the air to scare them. They surrendered. Bound and gagged, the three men on duty were helpless to halt the heist. If we look at the list of the 17 works that they take, they would have taken essentially the most valuable works that we had in the museum at the time. A painting by Delacroix, two beautiful Corot paintings, um, and something that is extremely rare in, in the field of art history is a landscape painting by Rembrandt. Uh, so really, truly, they knew what they were, what they were after. Uh, it was not random. The thieves ripped pieces of art off the walls, stacking them to make an easier escape. Paintings were taken out of their frames. Frames were thrown on the ground. The entire place was a site of destruction. They're breaking them, Catherine, to get the painting exactly. out to make it exactly. more transportable, right? Exactly. But the relatively smooth operation hit a snag. The thieves did make one mistake. They opened the side door, which triggered an alarm. This black door right behind me here is the one that set off the burglar alarm, causing the thieves to speed up their escape. Behind them, they left another 12 paintings, also worth about $2 million. In a mad dash, the burglars scrambled to grab whatever they could, taking off down Sherbrooke Street into the night. It does appear that possibly they had another truck nearby because they couldn't have gone very far down Sherbrooke uh, carrying three men 
uh, with uh, ski caps on, in dark clothes probably, running down the street with a bunch of paintings. How far are you going to go on a busy main thoroughfare in Montreal? Intrepid reporter, Benedetti was once again asking questions. Okay, on camera is uh, Bill Banty, a spokesman for the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts. Were the guards injured in any way? No, the guards were not injured. Uh, they were manhandled, perhaps, uh, but uh, a shot was fired. Happily, the shot did not uh, hit any one of the guards. All three of them were tied and bound and guarded. How about the material they left behind, uh, 12 odd paintings, including a very valuable Rembrandt? Too? Yes, there were uh, some other paintings that they had obviously planned to take with them. This is a crime scene photograph of the art left behind. But the thieves still got away with 18 other paintings. Even though they were insured, the collection has never been the same. It's a loss on the broader uh, scale of art history. Uh, these are objects that people from around the world come to study, scholars over generations. In this 1972 Montreal police report obtained by W5, the estimated value of the heist was $5 million. Today, the estimated value could be $50 million. This theft represented about a quarter of the loss of the museum. So these paintings were highly valued as part of the masterpieces of the collection. It was a big deal because things like that didn't happen in Canada. You know, people didn't rob museums. They robbed banks. We were the bank robbery capital of, of, of Canada. The museum closed its doors while police investigated. But the initial search led to no solid leads and no viable suspects, leaving investigators no closer to solving the mystery, at least not yet. Coming up. It's a tragic event in our history. Master thieves or just dumb luck. It smells to me as to a bunch of local guys that got really lucky. When W5 continues. weekend 2022 marked the 50th anniversary of the biggest art heist in Canadian history. It was a crime right out of a Hollywood script. Thieves repelling from a skylight, tying up three guards and snatching 53 historic treasures, including a Rembrandt painting, today estimated to be worth more than $20 million. This theft has uh, dented uh, the, the museum's uh, collection and its reputation. Stéphane Aquin is the current director of the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts. It's a tragic event in our history and uh, it's a loss for the, um, the community. This museum exists only uh, as, as a custodian and of these works and in order for them to be made, uh, to be shared with the public. So the community has been uh, stolen and robbed. It's not victimless. Everyone has been robbed. Canadian art crimes writer Catherine Schofield has researched what took place after the historic heist. A couple days after the theft, uh, the director of the museum received a phone call 
from one of the alleged thieves saying if you go to a telephone booth on McGill campus, and so they did. There, the director of the museum received another call with instructions. Go to the Red Path Museum. Look for a cigarette pack in front of the building. Inside that box, you'll find a pendant, a piece stolen in the heist. I'm sure that in the immediate aftermath of, um, of the theft, when uh, the pendant was recovered, people here must have lived on hope for a short period of time that, you know, something would happen, negotiations would, uh, would result in, in the, the recovery of all these works. And there was a hefty $50,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the thieves and the recovery of paintings. It was like the, the, the guys who did it became a real mystery. Bob Benedetti reported on the theft for CTV News in Montreal. There had been contacts because of rewards and uh, with people who obviously knew where the stuff was, and, uh, but it never, none of it ever panned out. Until a reported ransom demand asking for $500,000. The museum's director demanded that one of the paintings be returned as proof and a sign of goodwill. He was later directed to Montreal's Central train station. Inside a locker, proof. What was found inside has been fiercely protected since. This is a painting that we have not shown in the galleries since the theft and the recovery of the painting. It's been hidden away from the public because its original frame had been destroyed. Five decades later, W5 got a rare glimpse. It's an absolutely lovely uh, little thing. It's, painting, it's painted on, on copper. And um, copper uh, is a very, very flat surface, so it allowed for a, a, an exquisite finesse in, in detail. It's a lovely scene. But the hope from that return was short-lived. The next attempt to recover the art didn't go so well. So there was going to be an exchange of money for paintings, and it was done a little bit outside of Montreal jurisdiction and the local police didn't know anything about it. They hadn't been informed, and they did drive-bys. Accidentally, like not a part of the operation at all. Exactly, and it uh, allegedly spooked the thieves. 50 years after the heist, the Montreal police confirmed to W5 the case is closed. Well, Canada doesn't have a dedicated police force or unit to investigate this type of crime. Other countries around the world do like Italy's Carabinieri Art Squad, Interpol's Cultural Heritage Unit, or the FBI's Art Crime Team. When I walk into a museum, which is quite often here in Washington, D.C., I unfortunately look on uh, as to how somebody could create a theft here, how somebody could perform a theft and get away. Special Agent Randy Deaton is the program manager for the FBI's specialized team. We have 24 members on the FBI's Art Crime Team, and you know we could use probably 24 more. Plenty of work to do. Is there specialized training for someone that comes into this, this role? Uh, every art crime team member after they are selected has to go through a basic training uh, for art crime investigation that the art crime team 
Uh, the senior people on the team actually give to the newer members. We're constantly looking to learn from the public, to learn from the auction houses, the galleries, the collectors, our other partners, both in the United States and abroad. In the 72 heist in Montreal, you know, it was like straight out of a movie scene, right? Someone rappelling down a skylight into a museum. Do we still see things like that? You may not see it as much as it used to happen. Uh, I don't think you're seeing a whole lot of museum heists where someone is spending 30 minutes or an hour within the museum, but it can happen. Where do these famous pieces go? I think that's the million dollar question. Uh, for major pieces of art, you're probably gonna see that artwork uh, go underground and go dormant for sometimes can be decades. And they may pop up in 30, 40, 50 years later. So Agent Deaton, when it goes underground, what kind of networks are these pieces going through? Oh, it can go through a variety of hands, um, you know, to move it from, let's say, the United States to Europe or Europe to the United States. And everybody kind of gets paid in between sometimes. It, mm -hmm. it can involve, the theft of artwork can involve transnational organized crime, networks of people, the same type of networks of people that trade in human beings, guns, uh, drugs. While few art thefts are as high profile as the Montreal heist of 72, they still occur in Canada. Just recently in Ottawa, an iconic portrait of Sir Winston Churchill was taken and replaced with a copy at the historic Chateau Laurier. And back in 2011 at this art dealer's gallery in Toronto, watch how the criminals brazenly smash the front window and remove paintings, including a group of seven masterpieces. And this Picasso, valued at over $100 million, was stolen from another gallery in Toronto. Christopher Marinello says art criminals are hard at work in Canada. I'm getting reports almost every single day of art being taken from Canada. In London, England, Marinello is closely monitoring the movements of these precious pieces. He founded Art Recovery International and has recovered over $600 million worth of stolen art. Canada is an enormous country with in incredible art centers throughout its provinces. So I do get reports from Canada, United States, the UK, you know, Paris, Mexico, every single day. That, that is, that's shocking to me. I mean, I, I, we hear of the big headlines. I wouldn't have thought it was that prevalent. I mean, Canada is a, is, can be considered a source country. There are very important collectors living in Canada, and there are very important museums in Canada and galleries. What I know comes across my desk in my little art recovery world, I would say easily, you know, billions a year comes through my office you know, of looted works of art, uh, you know, irreplaceable objects. To fight back, the FBI have established a comprehensive public database called the National Stolen Art File. How many uh, pictures, how many uh, displays, images are there in here? I think we have about 4,000 uh, items in the National Stolen Art File right now. And they come from a variety of eras, times? Correct, what you're seeing before, we have, we have drawings that were stolen, all of the items in the National Stolen Art File. So we have paintings, uh, sculptures, uh, prints, 
and every entry, every entry into the National Stolen Auto File has a reference number. So if someone in the public uh, thinks that they have seen this stolen item, if they give us that, ref that reference number, we can then go back into our files and get more information on that particular piece and hopefully have a recovery at the end of the mm -hmm. day. How effective has this database been in terms of recovering art? It has been effective, but again, it, 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 it takes time for stolen artwork and these items to resurface, but they eventually will resurface. So we want to be prepared uh, when they are encountered that we, that we have something to go off of. Since it started, the FBI's art crime team has recovered thousands of stolen treasures. But the loot stolen from the Montreal Museum has never been found. And the questions still remain. Where is the art and who took it? Chris, where do you think all of those paintings ended up? I do think that they are somewhere in Canada. Someone's afraid to exhibit them show them off, they're just probably behind a wall somewhere. Do you think it was a local job, Catherine? Uh, yes. It does appear that one of the sources at the time did think, uh, and one of the police officers who did speak to a journalist in later years, did believe it was a local crime. It smells to me as to a bunch of local guys that got really lucky. There's been so much speculation about, you know, who did it, and, um, to my knowledge, we basically are still clueless about who actually did it. So the museum, the police, and the global art community wait patiently for one of the masterpieces to turn up. Art investigator Christopher Marinello is offering to mediate a deal between the thieves and authorities for free. Of course, that can't happen unless one of the thieves comes forward. You've been listening to CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes.